Hello and welcome back to Ask the Teacher ABC. We are excited to be here with you today. Um, we are actually both still in Washington, so I'm very much enjoying um, having my mom here and being able to record with her in person. It's yes. really nice. Hello. Nice. Um, so we're going to get right into things today. So we have talked about um, classroom management um, and we are bringing it back to the classroom today. We also, we want to talk to you about classroom culture. And, you know, this is important, um, not just for teachers, but for parents as well, uh, because you can also help your child's teacher become even better by knowing what to look for, um, what, you know, what your child is doing in, your, in the classroom. And you actually will know what questions to ask, too, about classroom culture when you have that meet the teacher day. So this is not only for teachers, this is for everyone. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's talk about classroom culture. Classroom culture comes, is the step after classroom management. Right, exactly. Once you have laid down the rules, once everything is in place, that is when you are going to want to put um, your classroom culture in place. Right, exactly. Just kind of layer it on top, right? Right, exactly. Okay, good. It's all part of like, you know... Oh my gosh, I get to use this in real life. It is a parfait. You know, it has layers. <laughs> like an onion. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay, so mom, so you've taught th uh, the most, like the most consistent grade that you've taught. Right, right, right. You've exactly. taught all kinds of grades, of course. Right. But let's talk about third grade specifically. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about like the classroom culture that you created because you know, like one thing that I can say is that, you know, I've had the privilege of being able to walk into my mom's classroom, uh, whether I've worked and I've even worked at the same school as her <laughs> and um, as you. Right. And whenever I walk into your classroom, you can tell that your students have a specific culture that they follow. Right. So how did you create that? What are some things that you did to inspire that? Um, what are some steps that people can can take to create a good, positive classroom culture? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really good question. And I think that, you know, first and foremost, it's part, even before I started doing affirmations, mm -hmm. it was a part of building everyone up intrinsically, showing them how that looked and how that sounded. And when you do that, you create that culture of self-respect, you know, whether, and like you said it before, in your rules, you would have maybe even one rule, respect. And that goes respect to self, respect to others, people learning and my teaching, right? Or whoever's teaching. Mm -hmm. So we cre I created a class where even starting at the very beginning of the morning, it, as soon as each student would walk in, it's, it's even about a greeting. Like when I say good morning, then you say good morning back to me. And as the, so you do that with your students, as time goes on, then they're the ones are, that are saying good morning first. So it's that kind, courtesy, and caring type of environment. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I think were the foundation of our culture. Right. And I think that, you know, sometimes we often forget or we assume mm -hmm. that um, children, that they know what to do, that they know how to greet someone or they right. know how to do A, B, and C. Um, and as parents, a lot of the times we do that for our kids or we're there to remind them. Right. Um, but I that is that is such a good point. It is very important for teachers to teach how they expect 
their to tr- how they expect people to treat each other right in their classes exactly so, so that was a great point yeah and i think another thing too is like even like um like we talked about tattling you know we don't i never i hated that word i always felt like if you can't tell an adult then how do you express that right so we right. would talk about we would address that situation and we would say hey if so you have a problem with someone come and tell me i'll show you how to work that problem out and then as time goes on, then they the kiddos would then understand, oh, I can come to the teacher for this. This is a big problem. Or this is a problem or a concern, and I can talk to someone else. So setting the classroom up with having different mediators, right? Mm-hmm. Having them go to be able to go to another student and have them critically think. Of course, you should have some type of anchor chart or some type of procedures that you follow when you're mediating or talking out a problem, right? Yeah, well, I remember, um, you know, my second year of teaching, I taught first grade, which I did not want to teach, but I taught first grade and they were wonderful and I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now ninth now. graders. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm over that. Um, so my first graders, when they were first graders, then they were always constantly telling on each other for little tiny things. But I refuse to use the word tattletale right. because yeah. I remember my my teacher called me a tattletale, mm. and I knew from that point that I could never say anything to her. And you could and if I her. said anything to her, she would just tell me that I was tattling and I should take care of it myself. <sighs> and so I was I specifically was taught, and I think a lot of people my age were also taught the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't tell adults stuff, right, right, because the adult didn't want to be bothered, with right, it. exactly. Even though it was a big problem to me as a third grader, yeah. it was it was something minuscule. So, um, I really focused on teaching the kids. We would have concern time, mm, and yeah. so I would set aside thirty minutes, and we would all sit down on the carpet, and the kids would tell me what their concerns were, right. And I specifically set this time because sometimes we'd be in the middle of class and someone would have a concern. And I would say, does it have to do with another student? And if it has to do with another student, I want you to write it down. Right. And then when we have concern time, I want you to bring it up to me. Right. And so um, that actually helped them with writing. There's a free tip. Yeah. So um, at concerns time, we would talk about the concern. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, well, you know, this that type of concern is something that you can take care of yourself. Right, right. You know, this is how you can take care of it. Let's model this. So you're going to tell this person, hey, that makes me feel such and such and such a way. Right. And then the other person is going to, you look at that person. Right. And then you say, uh, you know, oh, I didn't realize that that made you feel a certain way. Right. I... I won't do that again. Right. And then the other person says, thank you. Right. You know, there's no, oh, it's okay. Because honestly, if you hurt someone's feeling, it's really not okay. Yeah, and that's what all people um, say. They say, and they, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. Thank you for your apology. Right. And I think that it's really, you know, modeling that in front of the whole class. Yeah. And we were in it together. Like, you guys were in this together. And so every time someone has a concern, we're going to learn from that concern together. Right. Pretty soon, our concern time was down to like 10 minutes. Exactly. It started at 30 minutes. It got down to 10 minutes. And then it actually wasn't any concerns with any of my students with each other. It was concerns about this guy from this class. From this class. He did this. Right, right. And it was more like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to talk to the other teachers about how their kids are not doing these 
you know, things that they're supposed to do. Yes. Or exactly. the duties at recess. And I'm like, well, did you bring it up to somebody at recess? They called me a tattletale. And I was like, okay, well, I will take care of this concern. I will take it to their teacher. We will take care of it. Thank right. you for reporting exactly. this. What you have to say is important. Right. And so doing that helped so much. So if you are at a primary grade, please create concern time. Right. And that is part of classroom culture Amen. because it allows students to have be to feel like they are being heard. Mm -hmm. It allows students to learn from others how to solve their own problems. Exactly. And it allows you to have a break. Exactly. All because... of those things. All of those things. Yes. I know. I would even have maybe a student go get the other student because that would be a chance for that other student to learn how this is how we run our class. And it yeah. would be great if more teachers did that because really kids lean in more when they know that their voice is heard. Well, and you know what is another good point in that is that um, if you were on a team of teachers, you are a team of teachers. Right. All of the students are your students. Right. There, there's not my class, right. my class, this is my class and your class, right. And your class, like those are things that are unnecessary right. and it causes division among even students. Right. Um, because they notice things mm -hmm. they're, they're not, they're always listening. I they're just, always, they're listening. always listening. Kids are always listening. So, um, that is a really good point. Um, yeah. and I appreciate you saying that because it is really important that we have these types of th have, have these types of conversations right exactly because a lot of teachers unfortunately act that way they do. like these are my students and you can't tell my students what to do well actually they're our students you don't own these children right we are all here to help them and we are all a team sure. you know they say it takes a village to raise a child well guess what it probably takes a team of teachers then to teach those children right all uh, yeah I, I was talking to a teacher not too long ago and she was expressing her concerns about how the teachers precisely did that, where they kept their students to themselves and they could not discipline another student. And it was hard for them to look away while the student was doing A, B, C, and D. But in order for her to get through her year, that's exactly what she did. And I was like, wow, like that is not good. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely... Um... I don't want to get too far off track because right. that could be a whole other topic of all the things wrong with public schools. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I know. So we we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take our little detour back. But Well, let me um, tell you this story about yeah, how the kids worked story. as a team. So, you know, even at the beginning of the year, it's like, this is how we interact. We have to work together. We're kind of like a family. Yeah. Sometimes family members like each other. Sometimes they don't, but we have to work together. So that's how I had my classroom set up. I would tell them straight up, I think it's better better not to even have a friend because the minute you have a friend, you start telling them your secrets and then they spill the secret and your brains aren't developed enough to keep those secrets, right? Mm -hmm. So just kind of like, let's treat each other with self-respect. Let's all have self-respect. Anyway, I remember one year I came in the, in the morning and I had a student wearing a hat and she was crying and her parents had shaved her head. And she was like, Miss Treasure, can I wear my hat? Of course, you could wear your hat. And we got it okayed with the principal. Of Anyway, it was another story. But I remember one day they went out to the playground and her hat flew off. And other kids on the playground were pointing and laughing at her. Well, wherever my students were, they swarmed around her and kept her sheltered 
from all of the kids and literally walked into my classroom like a mob. Like I saw this mob of kids slowly moving. They created a Spartan shield. Yeah, a shield all <laughs> around her. And I'm like, what's going on? And they opened up their themselves to reveal the little girl because her hat had fallen off. And then I was like, wow. Yeah. Like I know that my students truly care about each other. Yeah. And they would even, you know, when a student celebrates another student or protects another student, you know you've done your work, yeah. right? And that's exactly what they did. And all of my experiences, that is one that really sticks out to me because sometimes you don't really know how uh, much an educator can affect the life of her students, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and those things are, that is, that's the best story. I mean, the fact that they were able to come together and even as third graders who don't understand, uh, you know, the way of, of everything, like the fact that they did that is is absolutely amazing. And it, it, it speaks to what kind of culture you have in your classroom. Right, exactly. You know, it all goes back to that. And, um, you know, I will say as a, a junior high teacher, a middle school teacher, one of the things that um, that I did was I'm starting in sixth grade because I thought sixth through eighth, I made the kids do presentations every week. Mm, there we go. And the reason why I made them do presentations is because I knew that one day they were going to have to present something mm -hmm. and I didn't want them to feel insecure. Right. And so if I made it something that they were doing every single week, mm -hmm. even if it was a five minute presentation, they had to work with their group. They had to give a presentation every single week. And then at the end of every single presentation, no one was up there alone. It was always like three people, mm -hmm. three or four people. At the end of every presentation, then um, I would have the, I would say, okay, now we're going to practice. We practice being a good audience. This is always practice. It's not only about practicing being a good speaker, right. but it's about practicing being a good audience. Okay. So first, the presenters are going to tell you guys how you did as an audience. Oh, I love that. And then they would say, okay, well, actually, like you weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. You were doing such and such, blah, blah, blah. And that, that like made me feel like you weren't listening to mm -hmm. me. And you did this and you did that. And then, but, and okay, now tell them some positive things. Or, right. or we would do the sandwich method. First, tell them a positive. Right. Then tell them what they could do better. Better, yes. Then tell them a positive. Yeah. And so that's what we would do. And they would tell the audience, this is what you did good. This is what you need to work on. Good. Paying attention and not looking around the classroom. <laughs> and this is what you did good. Right. You know, and then I'd be like, okay, now the audience is going to tell the presenters what they could do better. Right. So first tell them something positive, you guys. And I would pick on kids. Okay. Tell them something positive. Okay. Well, you did this really well. Great. Now tell some, now somebody tell them something they can work on. Yes. And then, oh, well, actually I was sitting in the back and I couldn't hear you. And that's why I was looking around the classroom, not paying attention okay, because I couldn't hear what you were saying. Oh, I love it. And then, okay, tell them something positive. And so we would do that. And it created this culture where mistakes are completely accepted Yes, because every single person has something that they could work on. No one's presentation was perfect. Right. Um, and that is what I wanted to create. By the end of the year, all of my students were amazing at speaking in front of the class. And they were also amazing audience members. Yeah. Wow. And you could tell 
that, you know, which students had me and which students didn't. Because when we had presentations or we had to go to assemblies or whatever, my students knew how to be exactly. good audience members. Amen. And they also knew how to be good speaking. Yes. Um, speakers. So uh, that's one thing that I did in junior high to um, help them feel comfortable speaking in front of their peers, presenting in front of their peers, and making every single person equal. Mm -hmm. And I also gave a sandwich comment, okay, a yeah. positive, uh, something you can work on, and a positive. Right. And that was our standard from that point forward. And by the end of the year, people were like, well, actually, you know, we don't even really have to sandwich anymore, Miss Pretazadi. This was a really great presentation. Right. Like, thank you. I actually learned oh, something. Wow. Um, and I'm like, you know, well, then what can we do to celebrate our fellow students? There we, we go. Give them a round of applause. Yes. You guys did a great job. Round of applause. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Appropriately. Yeah. Right. And so. Um, wonderful. And every one, uh, once in a while, we would, you know, do an inappropriate round. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, but still, you have you to know, teach how to be an audience member. Right. And most teachers forget that part. And then they're right. trying to give all their students a dirty look from a distance. Like, the you guys should be look. quiet, right? Right. Teacher look. Right. Then, um, so showing, show and share, show and tell, presentations, all of those things, build trust among the peers. But seeing that bigger picture, what is relevant? Most of the time, we are presenting as adults. We are presenting in college. We're presenting in high school. So you're really setting them up for success for as a life skill. Right. And so um, keeping all of those things in mind, some things that teachers can do to also help classroom culture. Um, one of the things that I did is I was never at the front of the classroom and I was never seating at my, sitting at my desk. That's my desk was in the back. Most important. Most my important. desk was in the back of the classroom. The front of the classroom was for, I mean, I was everywhere. For visible learning. Yes, for visible learning. Right. That's where the projector was. That's where whatever was happening was. But I was everywhere. And I trained my students too. Like, I'm going to be walking around. There could be people coming into our classroom right. that are observing us. Right. Or observing me. Right. Or observing you over there. Right. Whatever happens, we're going to continue we're not stopping. We're going to continue what we're doing. We're moving forward. And therefore, you know, no matter who was in the classroom, since I was always walking around, they that really helped um, everything be a little bit better, even as far as classroom management went, um, because uh, they knew that I was always going to be at a place in the, at one place in the classroom. And so because I was everywhere, there wasn't, um, you know, a whole lot of misbehavior. <laughs> I said, like, I went around on that a little bit too much. No, but that's true because when you, if you actually start how you want your kids, your students to interact with each other, then when you do have that day of evaluation, you don't have to bribe your students to be on their best behavior. Do you know what I mean? Like, we all know you're out there, ice cream party teacher. <laughs> I know, and it's not worth it because it causes you more stress because you're yeah. trying to present a lesson and at the same time holding your breath and hoping that your students are doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Oh yeah. So even embellish a little bit, you know, you whoever know, comes in, they're going to be looking at you. And really that's how an evaluation should be anyway. Oh yeah. I mean, you should, the evaluation should not just be about the teacher. It should be about the classroom. And you know, like not, and that's what I told my students too. I was like, look, when we're observed, like we're all being observed. 
I'm being observed too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but here's the thing is I already know that I'm really good at my job. And so I'm not really worried about an observation. I was like, however, if you mess up when the principal's in here, you might want to be a little bit worried. Right. That's on you. So just saying, I was like, and all the same rules are the same rules. Right. Right. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. And you really can't. I know sometimes teachers want to change the way they interact with their students, but the students get a whiff of that. And they're like, oh, when the principal's in here, our teacher acts differently. Right. Right. You do not know. You do not want that. Because let me just tell you, the ice cream teacher next to me who was who bribed his kids with ice cream. It's not worth it. He had a bad day every day. (laughs) He had a bad day because he had a bad day. If they were in control. (laughs) Yeah. And he'd be like, he'd come into my classroom and be like, these are not the same kids. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um but anyways. Well so, even like um just to even say like daily reflections. Like have yeah. take a moment to have those daily reflections. Take a moment to have that time of gratitude, sharing gratitude, um, showing little there's so many little um videos on the internet that teach empathy. You know, what does it mean? Having some SEL time, a little group chat time, you know, supplying those accountable talk stems. Like, this is how I felt when somebody said A, B, C, and D, right? Yeah. And practice on teaching kids that they're responsible for their own actions, for their own emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. But that actually ultimately ends up empowering the student. So creating a classroom of scholars where kids stand up a little straighter, they walk in with a purpose, they know that they're going to be safe, they they have a safe environment to make those mistakes. And sometimes it's what, after a quick 10-minute review, it's like, okay, who made a mistake? Good, we get to learn from your mistake today, right? And oh, you're yeah. showing Johnny's name on his paper mm-hmm. because you set up the classroom that everyone respects themselves, right? right? So they're not saying, oh, Johnny, you missed it. They're saying, well, Johnny... I made that, I almost made that same mistake, or maybe I did make that same mistake. You taught me how to learn, right? Right. And and that is the way that it should be. Um, because it's so important to realize, you know, um, it's so important to create a culture, I should say, where student mistakes are not something that's looked down upon. Right. It's, that mistakes are something that we learn from because we as adults are not perfect and we cannot expect students to be perfect. Exactly. We cannot expect them not to make mistakes. Right. Mistakes should be celebrated because mistakes are learning opportunity. For everyone. Yes. For every single person. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't feel good for not making a mistake. Right, right. Like, good. Right. Pat yourself on the back. Right, right. But also I- realize not everyone's like you. And there's probably 10 other people in here that have made a mistake like that. And it is better to learn from it now right, than to have to learn from it later. Right, exactly. So I know even sometimes in that dynamic when kiddos make those mistakes where you have to reteach something, instead of you reteaching, have that kid that you just retaught teach it, right? And oh, that, that, that shifts into them in a position where they now feel more empowered, right? Yes. One thing that I did in my ELA class, last year I taught ELA in seventh grade, um, I had a whole system. But at one part of the day, there was a student who would go up and teach. And it was different students all the time that would go up and teach these uh, this specific lesson. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and that changed just, I mean, my class, my cl- each class was just so close with each other and they knew that they could trust each other right? enough that they were willing to cry in front of each other mm-hmm. at a book, you know? And so, and only more. Well, I think I already talked about Oh, okay, this, okay. About how, like, at the end of Frederick Douglass, oh, that's then right. I was, like, crying, you know, because he's been through this journey. And I read the last chapters together, and I looked up, and my kids had their arms around each other. And they were crying, even the boys. And I was like, I love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see that type of trust where they were feeling those feelings and they put their arms around each other or they held hands, you know, like in this type of connection that you normally don't see in, in, in classrooms. And and even the demographic, it didn't matter at the demographic because it was a high needs title one school, right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter because your kids are kids are kids and we yes. have these human emotions. Yes. And they knew it was a safe place to be emotional. Yes. Yes. And it was genuine. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was 100% genuine and it was wonderful. And so I think just in saying all of this to kind of wrap everything up. Um, classroom culture is worth your time. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, there is an art to teaching that every person can learn. Right. That every person can be successful at. Mm-hmm. Um, you as a te- as a parent, if you are listening, you can recommend these, some of these things to your the teachers that you know in your exactly. life. Um, as a teacher, please take what we're saying layer it up make yourself the most beautiful parfait that you have ever seen in your whole life everybody likes parfait everybody likes parfait (laughs) and um yes do it because it will help you have the year that you have always wanted exactly it will help you have the year that you always dreamed and have really will and by doing these things you are helping yourself yes so if you have any questions on this you can find us at Ask the Teacher ABC podcast on Instagram and you can DM us there. Or you can email us at asktheteacherxyz at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback. We would love to hear your questions. Um, any last things before we go? Well, I just wanted to thank our listeners and all of our supporters. And we just really enjoy spending our time with you. Yes, we are so happy to even have a voice on this platform. It is wonderful. It is amazing. Um, If you'd like to support us, you can do so on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, That is where our main hub is located. So thank you so much, you guys. Have a beautiful day. Yes. See ya.